windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscato, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Bucks spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Monday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, a little bit of crossover season happening. We'll be talking ETSU men's basketball first segment. Second segment, we'll turn our attention to the women's team and head coach Brittany Zell. Then we got pros versus Jays, bold predictions, although there's not really results because we made season-long predictions. We'll kind of recap that for folks. And then tomorrow we'll be breaking down a lot of ETSU football as we get ready for uh, the conference championship game, if you will. Bucks share the outright title. Uh, I'm sorry. They share at least uh, a piece of the conference championship title. They will be going for the outright title against Sanford on Saturday at 1 p.m. And, of course, uh, there's some tie-breaking things that the Southern Conference has sent out. We're going to go over that tomorrow because, really, that deserves its own segment to fully break down everything that could happen there. And Plus, let's be honest, a little fresh in our memory, the men's and women's basketball games from yesterday and even women's game from Friday, two tough losses for head coach Brittany Zill. But let's start with the men's game we had on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Of course, courtside, uh, I was. You were doing men's soccer championships, yes, so correct. I'm not even sure how familiar other than just kind of reading the recaps and everything you're with it. But another situation where the, the men's team, you know, was in control late in the game, even more so than Georgia State. It, a little bit of a feel like Xavier uh, wasn't quite 22 points, but it was still double digits with 7.19 to go, up 12, and literally couldn't get a stop. It came down about 10 straight trips, 10 straight buckets, and then it kind of snowballed. And then this young ETSU team, and I know you look at the – the, the years or the classifications at the end of names, juniors and seniors, but these are guys that have not played together. These are guys that are still kind of learning, and I'm not trying to make an excuse, but we've seen this from Coach Forbes' teams kind of early in the year. They're figuring it out, and then when they do, it gets going downhill, but certainly two games that I'm sure Coach Forbes, if you gave him a little true serum, feels like he should be 3-0 and at this point in the year. Uh, and it's just so frustrating, right, because those are games that if you win, you are really – at the moment looking like you're in prime shape to move into that mid-major top 25 really a couple of upsets i think they'd be considered right uh creighton i know a team that was predicted ninth of 10 in the big east but that's a, a healthy conference without a doubt top to bottom an ncaa tournament team from last year georgia state you know coach forbes was talking about a pregame i mean depending on where you look that's a top 10 mid-major team you know in some of the polls so uh it is frustrating to be in that position and i got over to the studio yesterday uh right at the end of the game so i was able to get the recap from trey jacob then yourself and coach forbes and 
that's exactly what I brought up as well. When you talk about Xavier, and of course that was a much more, um, it was spread out over a bit more time, and it was a bigger deficit, so it stands out more. But if you really compress the uh, amount of points ETSU was down, because what was it, 22 over the last 14 minutes against Xavier, something like that. And so in the last seven minutes, it was 12 points. I mean, really, if you line them up point for point, minute for minute, they're very, very similar. And uh, that hurts, you know, that really does hurt because ETSU is showing the flashes. Uh, they're showing for those first um, 30 however minutes to uh, 30 however many minutes depending on which game we're talking about 33 as of yesterday and then really up until the last four or five minutes against Georgia State so 34 35 minutes that they can compete with those teams and, and even be better than those teams and so Jay you were there in the atmosphere I'm sure it was incredible in front of 16,500 people ETSU was not intimidated by that atmosphere but as you and me talked about on the way over they're just having some trouble in those last few minutes I'm not sure if it's their approach and here's one thing I want to throw at you and i believe Steve Forbes is an incredible coach, very impressive coach, and he's done a lot of great things here for ETSU, and he's taken teams that you thought didn't really have you know, much of a chance going into the season considering how much they were reloading, how many new bodies there were, things of that sort, and done incredible things with them. And I'm a big Steve Forbes fan. Whenever I hear him talk about trying to play to win games defensively late, I kind of scratch my head, and I don't know if some of these – collapses late have anything to do with that philosophy but when I hear what sounds to me like coach Forbes kind of shifting what would be the priority in the first 33 minutes 35 minutes whatever it is and wanting to play I don't know if it's necessarily differently you always want to get stops but he puts such an emphasis on that winning defensively to me that kind of sounds like and I know this isn't how he means it but I'm not sure if the players think of that as taking their foot off the pedal offensively and going more towards the defense I don't know your thoughts on hearing that because it seems like after a lot of these late-game meltdowns, if you want to put it that way, um, that's what we hear from Coach Forbes. I think when you, when you have a lead like that and you hear a team went 10 for their last 10. Yeah. I mean, you, got, you, I mean, you have to have a stop, right? You, you, you have to, at some point in time, somebody has to say, my guy's not going to score, right? Or there's a loose ball, I'm going to get the loose ball. And that was a huge play in the game where there was a loose ball and ETSU got a majority of the loose balls all night one in particular they didn't get and because they were scrambling to get the loose ball didn't get it all of a sudden because the Bucks were scrambling to get the loose ball if the guy opened the corner hits a three the Xavier thing was the same thing I think they scored on 13 the last 14 possessions uh, you've got enough points to win you know and I know that's it's not like you race to 70 and then shut it down right I mean you keep playing but it, it is tough on at any time to match basket for basket, and I'll say it's tough to match basket for basket, especially when you're playing at a higher level opponent, when you're playing at a Big E school, an ACC, an SEC school. They got stops in the Mississippi State game and won that game late. I mean, Mississippi State didn't score. I think they scored one of the last five possessions. So I think his point is it's not necessarily that the focus is on uh, defense. I think it's just at some point in time somebody has to just not let their man score or, you know, or cause a turnover or do, do something where they don't get a bucket going because the problem is it just gets downhill, the crowd gets into it, and then just the Especially confidence and energy. Especially that kind right? of atmosphere, right? Yeah, it just, you know, and they were sitting on their hands, creating words, Xavier was too, sitting on their hands the, almost the whole entire game. And then once it started to creep up a little bit, then the momentum and everything, you know, and ETSU had, and I don't think they took their foot off the gas for the simple reason, they had a couple clean looks that didn't go. Ah. And it was the same thing. It, 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 it was open threes that didn't go. Now, they did have some turnovers late. I think Milan dropped the ball in the middle of the paint. 
I think Bo Hodges tried to hit uh, Trey Boyd in the corner and threw it about three rows up. And so there were there were a couple situations where empty possessions, they didn't even get a shot up. You know, and the Xavier was odd because they had three or four shots that actually rolled on the rim and popped out. Like, it was just hanging there teasing you before it went out. Lined the things with Vaseline in a timeout or something. Um, and it, it was a situation where in this particular game, it wasn't necessarily that the the – the hoop didn't want it. It was a situation where it, it it just you know they were off a little bit short left right. It was a little a little bit more of a, a traditional miss as opposed to a ball kind of rolling and and popping out. But I think he's just saying at some point in time they did enough things defensively. Nine steals. You look at the points off turnovers and uh, some of those insulary miscellaneous categories and and they're they're there and then all of a sudden it disappears. I mean there were twice where guys, as, as defense kind of broke the ball screen defense, I think he talked about that a lot, and we'll probably hear the bite and say, but on a ball screen defense, guys were doubling that, doing a good job. But there was a couple times where a guy split it, and then it was the Red Sea. Everyone went away, and a guy had an uncontested layup late in the game, uncontested layup. And you're going, okay, they didn't have an uncontested layup for 33, 35 minutes of the game. Why are you giving up an uncontested layup with four minutes to go? And I just look for themes, you know, when you have a lot of losses like this late. So maybe I'm reading what he's saying the wrong way. Um, maybe I'm, you know, reading too much into it. Uh, I'm sure he's not saying don't score, focus all your energy on the defensive side. I'm sure that's not it at all. But I don't know. When you have a number of these, and you can attribute it to a lot of different things, right? And you even talked about yesterday with Coach Forbes after the game that maybe the guy hasn't stepped up yet. And he talked about a couple individuals that he thought were could be that guy or showed a little bit of that yesterday. But maybe that's part of it, too, that offensively guys are a bit timid, maybe trying to do too much, you know, on either side of it because they are trying to play. I don't know if – and you would know better than me because you saw every minute of the game and called it and had a coach chance to talk to Coach Forbes about it. I'm sure he had some conversations on the flight back about it, too. But trying to play hero ball or, or being too timid just because they don't know who the guy is yet. And that comes with some early season – um, I think, you know, feeling out process of everyone else that you're with on the court. But, again, just so frustrating because you know that with those two wins, you are making the noise that you know this team can make. And I have no doubt that Coach Forbes will get this corrected, get it on the right track, and the guys will continue to gel. I mean, it is so early where, as he said yesterday, you're not going to win the SoCon title. You're not going to get an NCAA berth uh, in November, in December. You really have to make sure that you're hitting on all cylinders come conference play but uh, regardless of all that let's hear from coach Forbes after the game yesterday we started trading baskets and then we didn't execute and they made threes and they and then they got back in the game and we still had a chance called timeout you know ran a nice play out of bounds Trey made a shot got it back and stole it and then we tried to adjust and both threw the ball away you know so uh, we just got a lot of things that we got to get better at um, but again it's a disappointing loss because I thought for the majority of the game we controlled the game Kind of echoes what you and me said. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and I just, it's kind of heartbreaking. I'm reading through the uh, play by play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it right now. Yeah. Um, but no, and I, I was actually looking at the play he was just talking about, where they they got there was a there was a couple key plays. Here. I'm going to read off real quick, and we'll get back into another soundbite. But ETSU uh, after they were up 12, gave up five straight. They come down. Boyd Trey Boyd misses layup. Rodriguez offensive rebound. They swing it around. Armas, who's a, who can shoot a three was wide open, clean look, hit the front of the rim, didn't go, offensive rebound, Rodriguez, then he tries to do too much with it, dribbling out, turns it over. Then the game got down to a, uh, let's see, it was a seven-point game. Yep, seven-point game. Then there's the loose ball. So after after uh, Trey Boyd hit a jumper to put the Bucks up seven, 
uh, Alexander comes down, misses a shot or, or a loose ball. It gets to him. It gets back to him. He hits the three, and that made it a four-point game. Then ETSU came down, missed three, uh, and immediately came back and, and a three on the other end. Uh, and then all of a sudden it went from four to one. I so. guess what I'm getting at with all this, and you mentioned with the Drummy Rodriguez thing, trying to dribble out maybe waste some clock, it seems like the team – late is maybe playing not to lose rather than playing to win. And that's where I think the talk with Coach Forbes after some of these wins comes into it where, well, play defense, you know, get some stops where I would really, you know, personally like to see ETSU continue to do exactly what they've done and have that same mindset they had the first 33, 35, 37 minutes, whatever it is. The amazing stat in the second half, Bucks had 11 second chance points, zero for Creighton. Creighton only had eight rebounds in the second half. Wow. Yeah, they out-rebounded it by, like, what, 18, was it? Yeah, and, and, and I know they didn't miss many shots there coming down the yeah. stretch, but offensively, like, to me, there's that that's showing aggression, I guess is my point, because they were attacking the offensive glass. Sure. I, again, I, and I'm not making I'm not making excuses, I don't say anything, but the only free throws ETSU shot on the night was when Patrick Good got tackled in the corner, and you had to call it. Like, there was no, it was no, it was a no-doubter. No, like, nobody said anything. There was a there's an exchange here with uh, ETSU down four, where they had five offensive rebounds underneath the hoop, and it attempts to go back up and nothing. And oh. there's mass humanity everywhere oh. with about two minutes to go. And I just go back to I know you're on the road. I know there's some things I'm gonna go. You kind of know that's the deal. Like Hawassi came in here, they didn't get the benefit of the whistle, right? I mean, they just didn't. You're Three not, free throws not, the entire night, though, is, is it? incredible. That was it in the first half. In the first half. And Creighton was shooting free throws uh, by the 12-minute mark of the second half. Mm. Uh, so, I, and again, I'm, I'm not saying – but there were times when you're underneath the hoop and there's five offensive rebounds. There's got to be a whistle somewhere. All right, go to the next spot. No, well, there were plenty of positives, including rebounding, um, some of those second-chance points you talked about. I, I mean, again, you're ahead by 12 going into the last seven minutes, and one of the men that was responsible for a lot of that was Trey Boyd. Trey's a talented player, you know, and again, I – I knew he could score the ball. It was just a matter of time. And, you know, I think early on he, in this game he got a little too anxious, took some bad shot, a couple bad shots. Uh, but then he got it going, got to give him credit. And, he, you know, sometimes he kind of overhandles the ball. He wants the ball in his hands. He's got to continue to move it and trust his teammates. But he's getting better and better at that. So, Trey Boyd, 9 for 18 yesterday, 2 of 8 from 3. You know, he is a guy that shoots the ball very well from outside. Again, maybe we haven't seen that completely yet, um, but he's going to take his shots from deep, and they're going to start to go down, I think, in a more high volume. 20 points, 3 assists, 2 steals, a block, and a rebound as well. It seemed like he had a really good game and started to show some of that scoring ability that we've heard about. I, and I think that the most encouraging thing was how he scored. So, he shot threes. He drove the lane. Uh, he had a little teardrop pull-up jumper. He had a 17-foot jumper. My favorite bucket of the night that was after he had been successful with threes. They ran him off the line. He had drove and kind of pull-up jumper a couple times. My favorite bucket was he anticipated they were going to run at him, so then he pump faked, got guys in the air, and did a little soft uh, kind of fadeaway jumper. And that was my favorite bucket of the night because he understood, okay, I've hit a couple threes. They push me off the line. They're pushing me to drive to the middle. I've hit a couple shots on them. I know they're going to cheat on me here. Pump fake, boom, get a bucket. So he shows you that he's got glimpses that he can score in a hurry. 
Others in double figures for ETSU yesterday. Patrick Good was 5 of 12 from beyond the arc. Only took 1-2 to go 3 of 3 from the line. 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 18 points. Jerome Rodriguez, 15 rebounds. 8 of those offensive, and he had 14 points. Okay, let's just put that loss behind us because obviously it's a frustrating one, much like the Georgia State defeat to open the season. Here's what's next for Forbes in the Box. We're going to take two days off. Um, we haven't had a day off since we played the practice before we played Southern Wesleyan Exhibition. We've been we've practiced every day since then and so because we've had games. So we need some time off to rest and, um, you know, watch a lot of film, uh, learn from it, and then get ready to play again. I told him that. We got another game on the road. Played three of our first four on the road at Winthrop. Just tough opponent. It's going to be a hard environment to play in. Yeah, and this isn't going to be an easy game either. I mean, Winthrop 12-6 and six in the Big South. Last, I know it's the Big South, whatever, but 19-12, and 12-6 and six last year. Winthrop, a team that I think many, when they think about their program, synonymous with going to the NCAA tournament every you know few years. And so Winthrop Saturday, that's 2-30 in Rock Hill out in South Carolina. That's not a game we will have because that is concurrent with the TSU football game here against Sanford. We're over at the stadium today, taping the podcast, overlooking William B. Green Jr. Stadium. So 2-30 that game. Won't have that, but this is a busy stretch coming up. We will have both the games Monday and Tuesday, the Cayman Island Classic stateside. All right, that'll do it for our men's basketball wrap. Well, we'll turn our attention to Brittany Zell and the women's squad. There are two games against uh, some high majors in Cincinnati and Michigan State. After this timeout, you're listening to Santa's Sidekick. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. More from the Buccaneer Sports Network. Congrats, you made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a million dollars. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Are you having fun at bad time? Mm, you smell fresh as spring. Hey, Frank, is this lettuce ready for the customers? No. No, not yet. Frank, they're perfect. Let go of the cart. No. Frank, now. But I didn't get to say goodbye. At Food City, our produce experts are passionate about offering the freshest fruits and vegetables around. We're Food City, and we're very picky about produce. 
Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics Program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sandos and the sidekick with you, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. We talk men's basketball. First segment of our podcast, second segment, head coach Brittany Zell. Two tough games uh, last Friday night at Cincinnati to open up the uh, women's basketball season. And then Sunday, they were in East Lansing to take on Michigan State. And both games a little similar. Uh, tied, I think, in the first half, at the end of the first half in each one of those contests. And have just struggled uh, – Really, in the third quarter, things had gotten a little slow. Now, they were Bucks were a little better against Cincinnati in the third quarter, but the second half shooting numbers for ETSU have certainly gone uh, downhill. But you look at uh, Eric Haynes-Overton in the first game, you know, numbers I thought she would put up, 17 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, had, had four turnovers, something you don't like to see, but did a little bit of everything. Micah Sheets, who had to sit out, she's in double figures in her first game. And then Raven Dean, who I think could be sort of the X factor. How about these numbers for you, Mike? She had 14 points, five boards, and six assists in 31 minutes. Well, and that's great to see because I think last year, after Raven Dean was third on the team in scoring two years ago, going into last year, you say, well, there's Tiana Tartar, and who else is going to step up? And I think a lot of people were looking for Raven Dean to do that. As it turned out, it was Erica Haynes Overton, and you're happy to see that. Raven Dean is someone this year that has another chance to step into that kind of number two role after last year. She didn't have a bad season last year. She just, I don't think, played as big of a part after averaging nine points per game uh, two years ago. Going into last year, ended up with six and a half. And just, I don't think, at least in my eyes, was as involved as I thought she may be. You see the numbers and the efficiency. Uh, the fact that she wasn't just scoring, she was rebounding, hitting the glass, and also doing some facilitating. That was great to see. The Cincinnati game, to me, is the one that is the more frustrating of the weekend because Michigan State, that did get kind of out of hand in the second half. But Cincinnati, yeah, you have the third quarter where you're outscored by six, but you pull within one with seven minutes to go, and, and Najee Stephanie has a three to take the lead, misses that with seven minutes left, and then it's a 9 nothing run for Cincinnati, 70-60 to 60 with three minutes left, and at that point you're kind of playing from behind and it's difficult to get back into the game, get a foothold in it, and take the result. So 77-64, to 64, that final uh, on night one, and then, of course, the Michigan State game, as you mentioned, it just got a little bit um, more one-sided as things went along. But uh, still happy to see that this team is competing and competitive in big environments. Uh, you know, Cincinnati's a team that last year, I'm sure they had revenge on their mind, right, because ETSU beat them here on opening night in Brooks Gym. And then Michigan State, a team that you took to overtime, nearly had the victory on a Tiana Tartar uh, 
would-be basket that rimmed out right at the end of regulation that went to overtime in Michigan State got the win. But uh, a little bit like in that Cincinnati game, ETSU men's basketball against Creighton yesterday, unfortunately, and the fact that you are right there, you have the possibility to take it, just need one or two baskets to go in, need a stop here and there, and, and just couldn't get it. But I know Brittany Azell is going to stay positive with this team, and after these first two games, you uh, by no means have an easy road, but it does come back down to that mid-major level of competition this Thursday you're going to Radford that is a game that we'll have on the Buccaneer Sports Network at 11 o'clock with myself I think Stephen May is going to come out there as well shoot some video so we'll have that full thing covered and uh, hopefully ETSU gets their first victory but yeah I mean you know an opening weekend I think that if you said to Brittany Azell when you're going into the weekend boy you know you're tied in both games at halftime uh, I think that she would be happy um, with hearing that, um, that being said, I also think, and I, I should correct myself, ETSU was down three at halftime against Michigan State, but still, you're right there. And so if you tell her that, I think she's going to say, all right, well, that's great. I mean, now we've got to go out and execute the second half, and some of that second half execution, even for three or four-minute spans, which is what ended up costing ETSU in that Cincinnati game, just wasn't quite there. And I think you go back, uh, you mentioned some similarities, but uh, the, the free throw numbers, right? Uh, Eleven more attempts for Cincinnati than than ETSU, and I'll, I'll take it a step further: twelve attempts in the second half for the the Bearcats uh, to just what was that five, I think, for ETSU. And ETSU, of course, didn't didn't help themselves either because they were four of ten uh, from the free throw line, even when they did get an opportunity. So that's certainly uh, something that was a strength last year with some free throw shooting numbers, and even in the game against Michigan State. They did get to the line a lot, right, 22 times, but just 10 of 22. So certainly uh, got to improve upon those numbers, and I'm sure Coach coach has got to harp on that. I know she's like a lot of coaches nowadays that, you know, they really don't work on – well, I say that. They don't work on free throw shooting. But they expect the kids to go in the gym, get their free throws up. They're not wasting practice time to get free throws because it's something you should be doing on the side whenever you're getting your shots up. Well, and what Cincinnati did to ETSU was kind of what ETSU does to a lot of other teams. 24 turnovers ETSU had, and Cincinnati got 27 points off of those. ETSU did force 15 turnovers. We got 13 off of them. So uh, second chance points, Cincinnati 20-12, to 12, and points off the bench 31-10, to 10, really on that hustle board, uh, quote-unquote, is where Cincinnati got ETSU. And so I'm sure that's a bit frustrating in the sense for Brittany Azella. She's seen her team be able to do that and use defense to move into offense and those kind of things, use both ends of the court, have them work together. And Cincinnati was able to do that better than the Bucks were. And then you mentioned it. I mean, 10 of 22 from the free throw line against Michigan State after 4 for 10 uh, the previous uh previous game 48 hours earlier so i think that there may be some practice cut time dedicated to that and shooting the three again that's something that etsu did not do very well they were a bottom 10 team shooting the three in the country last year shot it well against cincinnati but then michigan state three of 14 shot 35 percent from the field and then that 10 of 22 mark from the line so yeah they've got three days here i know they're getting back into town at about two o'clock today so that'll give them a chance to Practice tomorrow, practice Wednesday. I know they're staying overnight there at Radford before that early game. I think that's a quote-unquote education day type thing, that, much like ETSU is doing oh, yeah. on Monday, uh, November 19th, against Troy before the Cayman Island Classic women's basketball, 11 a.m., and then men's basketball at 7 p.m. So uh, some retooling to do, some things to work on, but, hey, it's early in the season. You know, you're going to have that. I actually think it's better to have that now and be able to work it out than go out and put up a couple of huge victories. I mean, you'd like to win, right? You take the victories, but at least now you know what you have to work on. You can go correct it. And there's plenty of time to do so. I, I think I am encouraged because I thought one of the, the weaknesses was going to be outside shooting, long range. Yeah. 
And Micah Sheets uh, has hit three threes in the first two games, right? Yeah. And so I think that's encouraging. I was very encouraged when I saw, I think they hit eight in the first, yeah, eight for 18 the first yeah. game. Mm-hmm. I was very discouraged to see three for 14 the next because I think uh, Sheets and Haynes Overton can't be the only two people to rely on three-point shooting. And Haynes Overton's shot is going to come and go. She's not right. one that's really going to make a living out there knocking down three or four. Now, Sheets was advertised as that, the Knoxville native. Correct. Uh, transfer from UAB. So I'm excited to see that she's uh, able to knock some of those shots down because they desperately need that to kind of open up the offense. But there certainly need to be a couple more ladies. And I know one coming off an injury may take a while to get her – uh, kind of in the flow is Carly Litton, the, 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 about a six-footer from uh, Vir- uh, Virginia. And so, you know, her freshman year, she showed some glimpses of being able to knock down some long-range shots. Obviously missed last year. I don't know how long it takes to, to work her back into the, the flow of things. But as a freshman, she was able to knock down some shots. I'm kind of curious to see how long it takes her to get in there. You mentioned it. Uh, Erica Haynes-Overton is someone right now, and I think that this could change. She's worked a lot on her shot in the offseason, and I think we're going to see a better shooter in Erica Haynes-Overton this year. But it's not someone you can rely on, or excuse me, rely on right now to give you a night-in, night-out contribution from deep. I'll tell you, one person I was really happy to see in these first two games perform well off the bench, Sadeja Tips. ETSU has a lot of depth right now in the post and down low. And just to have depth at all, Brittany Izzell is happy about because she had basically ten healthy bodies all last year and at times a lot less than that, eight or nine. And so to go, you know, 13, 14 deep this year and have four or five that you can trot out there and give you good minutes down low, especially if Sadeja Tips performs how she did uh, is going to be huge. She was 3-3 three three from the field against Michigan State in 17 productive minutes with five rebounds, eight points. Did get four fouls. You want to make sure that you stay out of foul trouble, obviously. And uh, against Cincinnati, only two points, but 11 minutes, one and two from the field, five more rebounds. So to be able to go down low, grab those rebounds, get your team you know, out of situations on the defensive end and crash the offensive glass, too, good to see it from Sedation Tips. Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned already sort of the the schedule of things, and of course they'll have three education games at 11 a.m. and it'll be two very quickly, right? Because yeah. they, they got the Radford and turn around, I think, on Monday. I uh, love the midday game. I'm a big midday guy. Yeah, well, I, I, it, it is. It's interesting. Uh, I like a good Saturday afternoon game. I'll, I'll be honest with you. There, it is. I, I, it's grown on me. Now, I will say this: you you've not experienced the actual court side of this yet. Oh, I have. Oh, have you? Last year uh, against Wofford, I had to do that game because whoever couldn't make it for, and we did a SoCon Digital Network broadcast, there were about 1,500 kids. Oh, it's It was loud, brutal. no doubt. It, it is brutal. Intervi- I interviewed Brad Irwin awesome. at halftime um, to kind of, you know, g- give a softball preview and get us through halftime, and I found myself listening back to that interview later, and I was like, boy, I was just yelling into the mic. Why was I doing that? I was like, oh, yeah, there were like 1,000 kids that were freaking out because I don't know if there were shirts being thrown into the crowd or Bucky was coming around or whatever it was for the entertainment, and I was like, well, I have to remember that that's what the microphone is for. That's going to be able to pick you up. It's right there where the noise isn't going to get in. But, oh, yeah, I was for that Whopper game last year, that, that was a fun one. I just like the fact that if you're sitting at work, yeah, hey, oh, flip dude, it on. It's it. brilliant. It's a good way to waste some time for something to work. It's the, it's the one thing I always enjoyed about the, uh, com- the conference day. tournament. Yeah. Right? No matter what sport it oh, is, yeah. or, you know, whether it was, you know, when we were we were carrying baseball on the radio, uh, people used to love it. Like, they were like, oh, man. I, they would almost prefer it would be the, the 10 a.m. or yes. the 1 p.m. start yes. or something like that. So That's your whole day right there. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It you through it. And then, and then you go to a restaurant. I remember people, while well, I would ask, I would say, all right, if you're listening now, you go to lunch, see if the restaurants have us on. Every once in a while, people say, hey, man, turn the game. And then people would send me messages about uh, having the game on. and all. So that's 
Especially now with, you know, in the video side is, is taking off compared to what it, you know, used to be. Now yeah. you, you literally can work your lunch break around it. You can go yeah. watch the whole two-hour game. You know, yeah. just take a little bit of a longer lunch. Well, hope your boss didn't say anything. And well, if you're me, I'm going to go ahead and work my r- lunch around after the game because I'm going to sit at my desk and listen to the whole thing and probably not get any work done. And, and that's just a, a tip in case uh, you are looking to kill some time at work because I'd r- much rather listen to ETSU women's or men's basketball uh, than, you know, get anything productive done. <laughs> when, do we, when do we get anything productive? Well, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, that'll do it for our men's basketball, women's basketball recap. We're halfway through the podcast. We're going to go a uh, segment that is the worst segment in the history of podcasting of all time where uh, Mike uh, has, I don't know. It's lots of fun. Yeah. Lots and lots of fun. Whatever it is. And then Jacob's probably going to join in, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah there we go. Oh, yeah, all right. So we'll do pros versus Jays after this timeout. This is Santos and the Sidekick. Don't forget the ETSU exclusive podcast here. SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at our Buck Sports Network account. That's at Buck, Sport, at Buck Sports Radio. It's our Buccaneer Sports Network account. We'll always post a show on that as well. But the easiest way to do it is subscribe to the RSS feed. That way, once we upload the new show, you get the notification. Or if you got it set up, it'll automatically download, and you can click and listen all day to Santos and the Sidekick. We're back after this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official healthcare provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Brightridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Brightridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. New coach, new era, 
new day. Here from ETSU football head man Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wildwind Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640, the extreme sports monster. Pros. Buckle up for Kobe. Kobe Bryant just sucked the gravity out of the target center. What a play. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! In your life have you seen anything like that? In the deep left center from Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. High fly ball. Edmondson, 42 home runs during the regular season. And we are going to Game 7 in the National League Championship Series. The band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to go into the band. The Bears have won. The Bears have won. Versus Jays. I need a shower. Now... On a day where we do pros versus Jays, and that bumper does indeed implore you to take a shower, and you are very self-realizing about that, I think it needs to be brought up that you also need a shower, you need some hair gel, you need <laughs> some razors. Deodorant? <laughs> I'm out of everything. Yeah. I don't know what I have. That was a phenomenal story. We're walking into the stadium today, and Jay Sando says, yeah, so on the same day, I ran out of razor blades, deodorant, and believe it or not, hair gel. I buy one that lasts me about three or four years. And now we sent out a tweet, picture of you in Saddam Hussein's chair for Veterans Day. And a happy Veterans Day to you, and thank you for your service, sir. Uh, it had lots of hair. Now, back then, probably hair gel only lasted you, uh, what, six, seven months for a bottle? But now you lose, use probably a little bit every day, and it seems almost otherworldly, the fact that all of these things cram together in the same day and you're out of hair gel. All right, well, the hair gel in those days wasn't as prevalent because I had more hair and it would sit on its own. Oh, now see. that my hair is thinned out quite a Wispy, bit, I'd yes, say. whenever the wind blows, uh, mm-hmm. I look like Kramer or something. It just kind of flops <laughs> up right there. It sits on top of my head. It waves. My, and my wife got tired. I was like, like, I know you don't like using hair product at all, but here's some photos. And then I started looking at it and I went, yeah, that looks kind of bad. And so it was like, so then I, I used just enough just to – I barely use it, but as you know, because you see me every day, but I barely use it just enough to kind of tamp it down and leave it there. So, I mean, it's a very minuscule I put um, on my hair to begin with. So, a large bottle that I I got a bottle from Walmart or something, Target, Walmart, something. I would say it lasts literally two and a half years. I'm not not even kidding. It it is is a four or five dollar cheapest gel that you can get, too. I don't even buy the good stuff. Right. I'd say today you are more Jay than ever in this pros versus Jay's segment. And let's have Jacob Townsend back in studio give us first. We're gonna do Jay. We usually do the pro, and then we do Jay. Let's do Jay, and then the pro today, Jacob. Frosted keeper really got flattened around the three-yard line, and a flag comes down. Is that gonna be on Jared Folks? And if it is, is that a targeting? That, they that, do have that, replay here. That's the only thing that they can call targeting. But at that point, the quarterback is not. He, he's he's in play, right? That is not. That is not a targeting play. 
Yes, the, the, the quarterback turned into a runner the minute he dove. Right. I mean, at that point, there is no targeting if the quarterback's going headfirst into a tackle. Oh, gosh. Well, they're going to re- – it's, it's reviewed. <laughs> but here's the thing, Jay. When I look at the replay as well, he hit him in the side of the hip. He didn't even hit him in the helmet. The helmet came off on contact with another player. It was Folks that they called the penalty on, but Folks hit him in the side. Didn't even hit him with the helmet. Hit him with the shoulder in the side. I don't think there's any way you can uphold that from the review we've seen. My question is how you can uphold this when the quarterback dies first and foremost. And then the guy you called the penalty on literally used his shoulder in the side of the quarterback, didn't even make contact with the head. I don't think either one of them hit him in the head. The helmet came off because it hit the leg of Titus Tucker and came off. I think that's what drew the flag was the helmet came off. Titus Tucker has been disqualified for targeting. Jay, I still look at that replay. I just don't know how you make that call. Watching the play on replay here inside the booth, I would agree with you. I mean, how are you supposed to tackle a diving quarterback at that point? Who's, who's leading, Here's my head, question. leading head first? Here's my question. If that's a tailback, is the call made? No. Exactly. So there's a lot going on. doesn't seem like there's anything too weird there, right? That's the Titus Tucker targeting, gets ejected early in the Mercer game. Obviously, Artavia Smith came out, had a couple interceptions. Things worked out pretty well for the Bucks that day, and they got the victory and clinched a share of the Southern Conference Championship. Now, I did you first with Robert Harper. Matt was firstly, I love Matt Wilgham, just just exasperated, can't believe the situation that the Bucks are in. Robert Harper, I thought, handled it pretty well, but clearly was very peeved. I wouldn't say he was upset. I wouldn't say he was frustrated, but just very peeved at everything was going on. And I thought that that situation, the entire crew did pretty well to not go way over the top, unlike this quote-unquote pro that we have this week. Oh, and he took a hit to the head on the slide. Oh. Where's the flag? Where's the flag? A hit to the head on the slide is a flag. To the 27-yard line, Van Camp's slow to get up. He does get up. His helmet came off. There's not a flag. You cannot tell me that's a flag. That's not possible. Where's the commissioner? Where's right? Where's right waters? Where's right waters? I mean, it, he was still up. He had not gone into his slide yet, but it was a helmet-to-helmet shot where the helmet flew off. And there is absolutely no reason why a flag shouldn't have been thrown there. That's ridiculous. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That is absolutely embarrassing. That has to be a flag. And that still, uh, we'll see. He's if sliding. Send Van Camp to the sideline. No, there's Cooey. Yeah. He's got to get him He's out of He's got to come out of the game now. It's ridiculous. That is, I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. You can't. I mean, oh. it took him a while to get into the wow. slide. He is defenseless. He doesn't <laughs> have to Throw a flag. Third down. Cooey throws over the middle behind the receiver incomplete. It'll be fourth down and three. Van Camp took a helmet to helmet shot regardless, even if he wasn't in the slot. You know what? I don't really care if you people look at me in the press box. You know what? I don't care. That's a flag. And I'll fight any one of you if you want it. That's what I that's the mood I'm in at the moment. Apparently the team is not the only one melting down here. I just hate to go. <laughs> so you actually yes, know more about yes, this fight than yes. I do. Now, I just put them side by side. It, I didn't realize until you started this bite that this is where you're going with it. I yeah. love it. I well, love it. So it's 
two different things a little bit. Same type of thing. It's targeting, right? Where there is a call on ETSU. There's not a call in yeah, that other bike. So tell difference. me about Is that Dave Lamont? Is it that is who Dave it was? Lamont. Okay. Yes, yes. And now doing ESPN. And I don't know if that's the thing that got him over the top or if he was doing some side ESPN work before that. But he was doing Florida Atlantic games mm-hmm. um, on the radio. And he had a call-in show, too. So I don't know if he was kind of all-encompassing. And then, again, doing some ESPN stuff on the side. He now predominantly just does TV stuff. I think he still has a radio show. But does a lot of TV play-by-play stuff, and so he – and normally the color guy is the one that loses it. Uh, in fact, now, I've lost it before, too. I'm not – I mean, I'm not going to sit there and tell you I haven't lost it in the game, but they um, – Have you ever lost it like that you're threatened to fight people in the press box? No, I mean, I've had to calm Kevin Brown down a couple <laughs> times. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else. Um, you know, Wilgham's kind of kind of reserved. Yeah. Uh, Tramberger got fired up once. He Robert Harper was the only one really fired up about that Titus Tucker call, but he was very careful with it. He didn't let the emotion get the best of him, as opposed to Dave Lamont, who wanted to fight others in the press. Yeah, and, and I'll say, you know, and I'll be curious. Let's say uh, that was Austin Herring that went down, and then it was a flag thrown. You know, again, but I think in six years ago, they didn't have replay. So yeah. it was just a call on the field. You had to go with a nine. And people generally swallowed – the flag because they they were trying not to throw people out if they could avoid it. So you can see why maybe the crew did or whatever. And I've never actually seen the hit. Okay. Because that's made its rounds on the audio side. And I don't know if because the hit didn't do it justice or maybe it really wasn't on replay. And he just – I don't know. But I've I've always kind of been curious. Should I go find that to see if it was egregious or if it's funnier because it wasn't? And – he was just a, a guy got wrapped up in the game. But ours was different because, again, it wasn't Austin Herring. And so we were defending, you know, ETSU's guys. So it's slightly different. But I don't know if that would have been Austin and they throw the flag or didn't throw the flag. And Austin's helmet gets knocked off. And he, instead of diving, he slid to make it similar to that. Be curious to see, uh, especially with Matt, you know, the quarterback apologist. But Robert, now I'll say this about Robert. He – he holds composure pretty good on air, but you, you get some good conversation during the breaks and stuff. He gets a little fired up now. He gets a He's a pretty emotional guy, too. Um, matter of fact, he turned down going to the Bahamas to do three Georgia Southern basketball games just to do this football game with us. Wow. It's taking less money just because Props he's, to him. He's, so, he's so fired up about trying to see the championship, being part of something special, doing all that. So, so he's an all-in guy. So I could see – where, especially where he's not in a play-by-play role, where he's allowed to be down there a little more. Yeah. Uh, I could see where he could get fired up about that. But to Dave Lamont, when he when he actually – when he pounds on the table yes. pretty good, right, oh. or the window or whatever he's pounding on, then then he basically says, I will fight anybody. Yes. That's when I try to lose it. But the, the <laughs> dynamite drop into the color guy saying he's not the only one to lose composure. And I've had a couple of those, too, where, like, I've not lost it. But I basically, luckily, like a media timeout's come out, and I've been able to give it that, you know, I, we need a break basically because I need one. Yeah. <laughs> I need one too. Well, let's step aside for a timeout. Like, I've got to regroup or whatever. I mean, when DeAndre Liggins landed in my lap, which is where you, you play the famous I need a shower, Yes, I didn't even know if I was on air because he had knocked all the equipment <laughs> off. He knocked all the equipment off. Yeah. His, his underarm literally – the hair on his right. underarm hit me right in the face, <laughs> wiped off. I have, I have, I have, I mean, dripping stuff uh, on me, and I'm like bodily uh, things. And so I'm sitting there, and, I, and and the thing, and my color analyst had just completely. Well, not what my color analyst it was just uh, Stephen Lombard was there just to kind of help out with stats and stuff. He kind of moved to the left and got out of the way, and everything got knocked to the ground. 
and he's trying to just pick stuff up because I didn't know – I didn't know if I was going to finish the game because I wasn't sure what happened. You know, was I, I didn't even know if I was on air off air. And so I kind of just threw it to break, like, hey, I need to – I need to take a break, mainly because I need a shower, right? You know, and so I've been in that situation where I've lost kind of composure. But I lost composure because you know that's an odd thing to happen. I've been with Kevin Brown where he got mad at the umpire one time. I think I have the soundbite. We'll have to find it. And he chunks his papers out the window, right? Our SID here that is scoring the game is so fired up. He chunks it out the windows while people are walking by, and I'm like, "Uh, we're gonna take a break in a minute just so we get Kevin's papers back just to get it going. So I've seen guys lose. Not to that. That's a that's a special, that's oh. a special lose it right there. That's a, you know, and again, that's one of the best I've heard. And and he was doing it for a safety reason too, right? It wasn't a the referee. Yeah, the kids in danger. The referee, you know, screwed us on a call. Pass game, interference. And, yeah. Oh my gosh, he swallowed a whistle, or it's just a made up call, yeah. or uh, apparently in high school football locally around town there was some chinging guys that you could see on video actually moving the chains, and I mean, there's some craziness going on, so. Uh, it wasn't one of those, you know. It was actually for safety. So you could give him a little bit of leeway because he thought the kid had, uh, you know, I don't even know. If, again, I don't know if the kid could have been back. injured. Right. I, don't, I don't know. Did he miss the rest of the game? Did he pass his test? I mean, who knows? But that was that was a good one. That that was a and I I love that you were able to tie it. <laughs> and now you can hear Wiljam a little bit lose it. As just, much as uh, Wiljam is. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's about as much as you're going to get out of Willie. Because. I had to crank that one up, too, which is why it kind of hit you in the ear, right, when it happened 30 seconds into the bite. But I think the moral of the story here is you can freak out and be completely unprofessional at officials and still go places. That's fantastic to know. And Any you, broadcasting and, endeavors we have. And I dare you to fight Dave Lamont over anything. Oh, but hey, after I heard that, I'm backing down. I'm leaving the press box. Yeah, that's pros versus Jays. When we come back, bold predictions. Recap on our – again, we we did season-long ones. So there's no actual scoreboard on this yet. But we're going to recap it for the folks that didn't get Jacob Towns' thoughts on that. And he could give a scoreboard update if you want since you're still – Yeah, by all means. Accidentally I'm all winning. in support of that. All right, we'll step aside for a timeout. More Santa sidekick after this on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. 
Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. LeBron is a Laker. Four-year, $154 million, a max deal. I'm ecstatic. I think it was the right situation, the right call for him to make. He wasn't going to get anything accomplished in Cleveland. That was obvious. ESPN has announced the network's new broadcast team for the 49th season of Monday Night Football. Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten, who recently announced his retirement after a 15-year pro career, will immediately jump into the analyst role. LeVar Ball's big baller brand has gotten an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. The Browns dropped the ball all year long. Unfortunately, a team, a coach, an organization, not good enough to earn one win. The only win in the last two years came on Christmas Eve. Now here we are on New Year's Eve talking about a team that will go down as one of the worst in NFL history. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. A simple wrong would have done just fine. Okay, so how about this? You've got, okay, New Orleans pounds instead, but Cleveland beats Atlanta. Tennessee over your Patriots, not to bring that up, in a big no, way, no, too. No, no, that's fine. And again, that's a former player, and there's former Patriots on that team that I think really took advantage of knowing exactly what the Patriots wanted to do. Buffalo over the Jets by 31. I mean, I don't think the Jets are good, but I played the Jets defense in all my fantasy. They got negative seven I mean, and completely top, imploded top my fantasy week. Uh, he's got to be looking over his shoulder, doesn't he? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Hey, Jacob. You know what segment we're in? or? Yeah, hey, fellas. How are you all doing? Sorry, I was doing some research there. I was off. I was looking up Dave Lamont oh, sure. on Twitter. Uh-huh, yeah. I, I just got to give you this before we get into the bowl predictions. Okay. His uh, – Profile there, his bio on Twitter is ESPN play-by-play and the United Soccer League. I try to live by the teachings of my gurus, Homer Simpson and Larry David. Oh, yeah, Larry huh. David, sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's well, what he lives by. people to live by. Larry David is and uh, his, uh, his avatar is Homer Simpson with his palm over his forehead thinking about, he's defenseless. Incredible. Mm, yeah. Absolutely incredible. Mm. That was one of the, the best nice. sound bites ever. Yeah. Anyway, what's going on, Jacob? Uh, I'm doing okay, fellas. You all are doing very well since you know you didn't get nothing actually wrong this weekend. That's right. uh, Jay, you said uh, first off, let me give you the update, Mike. You're still up. You got ten round the semester. You're batting three hundred three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jay, buddy. you're at eight. You kind of really needed one this weekend, maybe to catch up a little bit, but you didn't get one. That's okay. You're still at eight, batting two twenty nine. Because uh, you've actually gave 35 predictions to Mike. Yeah, 33. I went. Cra- I went. I went crazy yeah. one week. I went crazy. Yeah, I think so. I'm owed two predictions as well for a chance. Now it, it's very interesting. We don't have we any get- guidelines on this segment. So do whatever you want. Well, my question is: Are we going to be judging more based off percentage by the end of this thing, or is it sheer mass number of predictions? I will let you, you know right. when it's. Uh, 
when you, yeah, when you go, sure. <laughs> when you move ahead, yeah, sure. I'm sure that's exactly what you do. Yeah, there were a bunch of weird things yesterday. Washington over Tampa Bay, sixteen to three. I mean, I, I kind of expected that was that. a pillow fight. Ryan, though. well, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, how do you throw for four hundred six yards and score three points? <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. That's like uh, Davidson this uh, weekend. Yeah. You see Davidson run for seven hundred eighty nine yards and lose. I mean, that's otherworldly. Yeah, they had four running backs of over buck fifty. Did you not see that? Oh my gosh. That should be our stupid, ridiculous stat of the week. If, we got to start that next year. Yeah, we're, 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 that. yeah, I love that because you can always find those. There's always, a, and there used to be a website, and I'm sure if I did enough research, I could figure it out. And somebody would pull the most ridiculous stat from FBS, FCS, Division Two, Division Three, NAI. But I would just pick the best one because there's always something where somebody would have like 400 yards receiving, but yet not touch, uh, you know, catch a touchdown pass or something. Or they would have four kick kick returns of eighty yards or more. You know, just something. There's always a weird thing out there, and that would be a perfect example of it. And that happens every week in some of the lower division games. You just got to sometimes rabbit hunt to find it. I'm not sure that there has been a better one than that one this year. I mean, I've never heard of a team running for more than five, six hundred yards. Quite honestly, and you go for seven eighty nine and lose. I, I think the the only other crazy one is I think when it, it was Georgia Southern beat Florida when they were still FCS. And they didn't even attempt to pass. They ran for like 500-something yards and didn't even attempt to pass. That's wow. the game they Florida ran. was blocking each other on that yeah, touchdown. Yeah. yeah, yeah. now in fairness, uh, <laughs> oh, yes, now, now in fairness, the, 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 the screenshot <laughs> makes it much worse than it yeah. actually was <laughs> yeah. because they kind of connected for a half second and then jumped out. So That's the beauty you, of the actually, Yes, if you actually watch it, it really was yeah. that. But just the fact that you could capture it and freeze frame it is phenomenal. It's the game that ended Will Muschamp's tenure in the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. That's, uh, yeah. He's turned out okay at South Carolina. Almost beat Florida this weekend. They had the thirty-one to fourteen lead over the uh, Gators, but uh, the Gators came back and won. Did, uh, did Did anybody see the Furman basketball win? I don't know if anybody yeah. had them over Illinois Chicago. At Illinois Chicago was down pretty big on one point. Came back and uh, won. Loyola Chicago, right? Layla, what did I say? Yeah, Illinois Illinois. Oh, yeah, Loyola Chicago. How about the posterization Sister. with one point six left by Pounce? Yeah. Oh my God. He he is the oddest. Athlete. Uh, I, I mean, he he, looks, he put it on that guy. He looks like Ichabod Crane. Like he looks like he should be in the <laughs> thing. like he's very. But but like I've guarantee seen, you, Ichabod Crane's never thrown one down like that. Well, no, I was gonna say I, I don't know if you've seen any of his uh, on Twitter and stuff. He he puts up usually or in off season he's putting up like a crazy dunk every other week that mm. was just that he's been working on that is quite athletic and freakish and so he certainly got that in him. I don't. So yeah, I could see Pound. But yes, no, there are a couple couple things this weekend that kind of showed me. I thought also UNCG was at LSU yep. and uh, was down big in that. I think they were down 20 and, mm-hmm. and got it to a single-digit game there late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think lost by seven, six or seven. Six. So I know they were hanging in there. Yeah. Oh, was it six? Okay. So, I mean, they were right there. So, that was, uh, you know, Wofford loses at home to Carolina. And tight game was for a, a lot of it. It was a tight – I think it was a tight game mm-hmm. in the under-four timeout. Yep. And think about this. Fletcher McGee, I know he scored 20 points, but he was three for 16 yeah, to three. Right. Man, He's going to he have better Seven days. to 20 something. I mean, the fact he took 20 something shots is incredible, but I mean, if he just hits like two more of those early in the game, you never know what happens there. So I think the, the, the top four teams in the league that everybody thought would be the top four teams in the league are certainly looking like um, that. I know Furman has the best win of the group, but certainly the other three teams have been competitive with some. Uh, higher major teams. Yeah, I mean, I think that the SoCon's off to a great start, uh, without a doubt. And, again, that's what makes it ever the more frustrating that 
we didn't get one of those wins over Georgia State or over Creighton because there's a few teams that I'm sure feel that way, right? Like, gosh, we were right there. And you go see Furman get that victory, and you're just like, you know what? We could be in such a better spot. We could be right there with Furman. We could be really doing good things for this conference and just come up short. Well, and with Creighton, that RPI is just going to go up because they play in the Big East, right? So Correct. just insulary stuff you're going to happen. All right, go over our predictions real quick before we hit the – Bumper All right, Jay, there. you said um, the men's basketball team would get five postseason accolades. Uh, you said the women's basketball team would win the regular season championship and go to the NCAA tournament, and that the SOCON men's or women's would have one win in the NCAA tourney. Mike, James Harrison would shoot 65% on the season. Like it. Erica Haynes-Overton would get multiple triple-doubles with like you on it. the call this year on the Buccaneer Sports Network. And the big hot take one, UNC Greensboro won't finish in the top two in men's. That's a steamer. That's a steamer. And Jay was just very quick to come to the defense of UNCG. I don't don't know where his allegiances are lying. He's wearing blue and gold today, but with the UNCG prediction rankling him as much as it did, I was kind of surprised. I thought he'd be with me. And he's like, wow, you know, you're really going to make some people mad around the conference. Did you say top two or top three? Top three. Top three. Yes. I don't know what I said. No, no, no. Uh, I think it was top two. I think it was top two. Yeah, I think I said top two. Yeah. I think it was top two. Now, here's the big question. If you said outside of top three, so fourth or worst, I would have. Oh, really just the big question you. is, does that <laughs> mean in the regular season standings they don't finish in the top two or that they don't make it to the championship game of the SOCON tournament? I'm going to leave some ambivalence there. Is that the right uh, word? I, Ambiguity. I, 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 mean, I, I, I think if they're not the one or two seed, then it loses. Okay. Uh, all right. I don't know about all that. All right. We'll give that to uh, Angry Man and uh, Crazy Coach to decide. Yeah, thank you. Let's go, crazy. Can you Let's go some, to Crazy Coach. He's much better. Can you push some heat on those guys? I mean, we're waiting on like eight different things right now. Yeah, you go ahead and try to push some heat on those guys. You go right ahead, Mike. You're the leader uh, of this. Well, first of all, you talk you Crazy right Coach. He's already mad that we bumped him like five minutes. That was all you He threatened to boycott. <laughs> that was your fault. Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> we had a great interview. We're talking about FCS playoffs. Crazy Coach wants to Jacob, are you that. trying to keep us on here forever? We started at 10.55. Sorry about it. Hit about it, hit about it hit I mean, I don't know what you're doing here. Thank you very much. Yeah, oh, Crazy Coach, we're going to have again on uh, Thursday. And let me tell you, there is a bevy, a plethora of things. That as the season starts to wind incredible. down, as people are getting fired, oh, as it's starting to heat up, it is, is I, it is one of my, again, I don't take credit for a lot of the stuff on the show because a lot of it really wasn't me, but. I do think that Angry one. Man was good. I yep. do think the uh, the crazy coach because there's always sound bites that just make more your head and more, scratch. like you said, that are coming in. Now. Oh, they're coming hot too, buddy. Yes. They're coming hot. So, all right, that'll do it. Tomorrow we're talking uh, tiebreakers, Southern Conference. We'll get back into some football Holy talk. Into football. Trying to have a play-by-play man for ESPN three of Sanford. We've reached out. Think we'll have him for tomorrow's show as well. Plus, it's Tuesday. Angry Man, love it. Sandos and the Sidekick back with more. I'm the Sports Network tomorrow.